podcast, Remotely Speaking. This podcast is where we sound off on all things remote work. I'm especially passionate about two things, having a good work experience and traveling the world. So join myself and our experts as we talk about how we can work better remotely, how your business can better enhance remote working, and how countries can better attract digital nomads. To find out more about our podcast, follow us on Instagram at Remotely Speaking Up. Stay tuned for more. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Remotely Speaking Up. And this is actually our final individual expert episode of season one. And we're very honored to have with us for this episode, Mr. Ron Johnson, who is the founder of Blueprint Creative, which is an award-winning, award-winning branding company. And on top of that, Ron is a bit of a thought leader as well in the branding and HR space, which he'll tell us a bit more about during our podcast. But this particular session or this particular episode is really focused on how we can build our personal brand online. So Ron is very good in this area and he's helped a lot of people in this area, including myself. Um, so I will let, I'll turn over to Ron to tell us a bit more about himself, how he got into this area. And then from there, we'll go on to actually speak about how do you build your personal brand online? If you were, let's say, new to consulting, if you maybe lost your job or quit your job and now want to have uh, explore online opportunities or want to move your business into the digital space, Ron is going to tell us how we can really stand out. So thanks so much for joining us, Ron. And over Thanks for you. having me. Okay, so I'm going to give you a, a kind of a crash course about, uh, about myself. Uh, my name is Ron Johnson. Uh, I'm from Barbados. Um, I am, yes, <laughs> uh, Sunny Barbados. I'm slightly biased. Uh, carry on. <laughs> yeah, you would be. <laughs> and I did spend uh, six years in Trinidad and Tobago. I'll explain that in a, in a bit. Uh, I am in the branding industry and my path to get into the branding industry is probably a little bit uh, unorthodox. So I actually spent six years in Trinidad studying biology, four years in Trinidad studying biology. And just about three months before I graduated, I realized I don't particularly like biology. Uh, and immediately after that, I did an MBA program, the first time I've ever done a business course in my life. I didn't do it at uh, undergrad. Uh, I didn't do it at secondary school. First time doing any business course in my entire life. And I took to it like a fish to water. I really focused and enjoyed the aspects of marketing. Uh, came out to Barbados, worked in the print industry. And then in 2008, I had the opportunity with two other co-founders to start Blueprint Creative, which was which is a creative uh, agency. Uh, when we started, we really started from a design background, uh, anything that could be designed from ad campaigns, social media, uh, corporate documents, ad reports, brochures, PDF kits, you name it, uh, we did it. And over time, we recognized that there was a little bit of a vacuum in the market in terms of holistic branding. So uh, most uh, CEOs, entrepreneurs, business owners in Barbados are very familiar uh, with things like advertising campaigns, marketing campaigns. Uh, but we realized a lot of people really weren't comfortable or familiar with branding and organization from the inside out. So we started looking at the market and we realized that a lot of companies were saying, hey, talk to our marketing department or our ad agency. We need more clients. Let's do a campaign. So the marketing department or the ad agency would dutifully go out and do a campaign 
you can't be able to bring new customers through your door. The new customers that came through your door will receive poor customer service from disengaged employees, not spend as much as if they would have if they had gotten good service and walk back through your door. The CEO or the company would say, hey, we need more customers talk to our marketing department or ad agency. And that same spiral would go on and on and on. And we realized that if you're going to build a strong brand, you don't only need great design, of course, that's important, uh, but you also need to have a very strong company culture where our team members are engaged, excited about helping the company to grow. So because of that, we started to uh, suggest to our clients uh, diplomatically uh, in addition to doing these ad campaigns, why not focus on your company culture, employee engagement, uh, get HR involved in the process? And it got to the point you realize that this is something that needed to be addressed. So we went from diplomatically suggesting it to including it in our services in terms of let's look at your brand from a holistic perspective, 360-degree uh, look at it. And that led us to realize that branding professionals need to work with HR professionals. So out of that, uh, out of that, we developed a brand new uh, business framework for branding. Yeah. And we call it dot, 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 wait for it, mm-hmm. branding. <laughs> but we spell it B-H-R-A-N-D-I-N-G. Basically, it's integrating HR into the branding yeah. uh, framework. Uh, because modern companies are understanding that if you want to build a strong brand, that you have to build it from the inside. So in other words, brands are built from the inside. And if brands are built on the inside, it stands to reason that HR professionals, the individuals who are most likely to be tasked with things like company culture, employee engagement, et cetera, they should be considered to be part of your branding team. And that's how we got there. Uh, We call it the branding equation. That's fascinating. I like the... I like the idea that branding is usually considered as a sort of external facing um, right. endeavor, but um, so very similar to employer branding, you're focusing on the internal transformation, but doing yeah. that from the marketing side and pulling HR in rather than HR um, focusing on the employer branding just from a recruitment point of view as well. Right. Uh, so that's really interesting. And I noticed because you've been, you've been consulting with organizations on how they can do that. But also yeah. you've delivered a lot of workshops and, and so forth on how persons who are their own organization can develop their own personal brand to attract their clients as well. So what has right. that process been like? Okay, so Our the first time- Ask you actually, I'm gonna take a step back. Sorry to interrupt you, Ron. Sure. But how would you describe your personal brand? <laughs> okay, so my personal brand, uh, First of all, I'm an introvert, which is uh, yeah. an interesting card to trade for some person who's in marketing. Yeah. Um, I think I got thrust into different areas of branding uh, despite being a, an introvert. So definitely uh, I'm an introvert for sure. Uh, I'm a little bit corny. Um, very, my, my humor is very dry. Um, I love corny jokes and puns, uh, but my family, friends, and workmates uh, don't appreciate my corny humor, my puns. So they've banned me from doing that anymore. So in other words, you can say that I'm on pun-ishment. Oh, dear. Yeah, I know. It's, it's really bad. Well, you started it. You asked me what my brand was like. Um, audience, I apologize. 
<laughs> either I apologize oh, or you're welcome. <laughs> you just open a whole can of worms there. Yeah. So, but my, my brand, I've been invited to, to do a lot of workshops in different countries. Yeah. And um, in terms of my brand as a business professional, mm. uh, I like to make people think. I like I like it when I'm doing a workshop or doing a presentation or talking to a customer and all of a sudden they stop and it's kind of like, I never saw it that way before, right? Um, so yeah, that, that's pretty much, I'm very, in terms of my brand, I'm very passionate uh, and very intense. And I have been accused of being too intense even while I'm talking uh, in workshops uh, because I, I think very deeply and my mind goes into that zone. So I remember doing a workshop once uh it was, the workshop was called why you should encourage the f word in the workplace yeah. and the f word in this case was fun not the other f word <laughs> and you know people came up to me afterwards they're like you know the, your messaging was great i do agree that we should have fun in the workplace and then two or three of them came to me and said but you don't seem like a very fun person. <laughs> um, and this was right after my workshop on fun, right? Because my face was straight and everything. And so I decided to play along with that character. I looked at them with a, with a blank face. I kind said, like irony of it. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I said, I looked at them and said, um, with a straight face, I'm laughing on the inside <laughs> just to play them. But um, since, since then, I've learned how to uh, be a little bit more. Uh, kind of inviting uh, yeah. because when I when I get in that thought zone I, I tend to veer off and I'm thinking yeah. so I like to tell people that I have a medical condition mm-hmm. uh, it's called RB, RBF oh dear resting, resting bitch face oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah but um, yeah so if you were asking about a brand definitely introvert uh, but at the same time uh, dry humor um, intense and I like to make people really think hard about what they're doing okay that's really good how would you because that's that's something that you've honed over time through your experience yeah. I guess with delivering online webinars and so forth yeah um, how would you advise a person who let's say is now getting into the space they want to jump online but they feel let's say overwhelmed because there's so many people online talking already there's so many content they don't know where to begin. They think they have a service that's valuable or a product that's valuable, but they don't right. know where to start making their voice heard or standing out in that online space or crowd. Where would you, what would you suggest to a person like that? Where can they actually, or how do they go about developing their personal brand? Okay. So I'm going to give you a couple of quick fire uh, recommendations. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a quote that I love that says, um, be yourself everyone else is taken. Yeah. First thing is that you need, and this, this has become a cliche, unfortunately, but this whole thing will be authentic, but yeah. it's, it's been around so long and it will continue because it's, it's true. You need to be authentic. You need to be yourself. Yeah. Um, I remember one of the best pieces of advice I got in presentation and uh, workshops came from my sister, Renee, who's also my business partner. Mm-hmm. I had done a workshop one year and I wasn't really happy with my performance and for some strange reason, they invited me back the next year. I was like, really? You really want me back after what happened last year? Because I didn't think it was anything special. Um, uh, my sister Raina said, you need to stop trying to present. And you need to just have a conversation with people. Because last, the previous year, 
I was presenting the way that I thought people should present with the hand movements yeah. and all of this. And, you know, it just, it just wasn't me. Uh, I went in um, that second year, I started to have a conversation with the audience and all of a sudden people started taking notes. They started yes. that look on their face. That I love in terms of, I never thought of it that, that way. And I kind of developed my stride by presenting, but not by, not by presenting, if you get when I come yeah, from, exactly. just having a conversation with people. Yeah, um, the other thing, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was saying. Was, <laughs> <laughs> you go ahead. <laughs> okay. No, I was saying that I really agree with that because I always go back to when I um, was probably in college, anywhere between sixteen to eighteen. I used to go to um, job interviews, and I right. always tried to present myself as what I thought they wanted or what a professional was, like this very right. stiff person in a three-piece suit that didn't make any jokes, answered all their questions, and very formal. Yeah. And I never got called back. But as yeah. soon as I started presenting who I was and just right. talking to them like they were human beings and people, then I yeah. saw the switch. I just I started getting a lot of callbacks. So what you're saying in terms of that authenticity and presenting your real self, as you said, is yeah. really important. Right. Um, another quick fire tip I would say is that you have to find an area that has a high level of differentiation. Mm-hmm. Um, you asked in your question, how do people stand out? Yeah. And interestingly enough, the number one book that I would recommend for people to read if they want to stand out is called Stand Out by Dory Clark. Um, go on Amazon, look for Stand Out with Dory Clark. Uh, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant book. Uh, yeah. In today's, in today's world, you have to bring something with differentiation. Yeah. Um, you can't be, I mean, one of well you can be one of many but if you really want to stand out you have to differentiate your product so for instance rochelle you did an excellent job of uh developing the gig hr framework and that sets you apart from other hr professionals and the gig hr framework was developed before coronavirus so you couldn't have predicted um the pandemic but you looked further ahead and saw that in the future you do think yeah. that companies are going to have some HR challenges with contract workers, gig workers, et cetera, digital nomads. So that's a perfect example of differentiation. Mm-hmm. And when people are looking for an HR professional that can help them with gig contracts, obviously they're going to look towards you because you have uh, developed your brand in something that is differentiated from what other people are, are offering. Yeah. But in a wider discipline a wider space so like exactly i guess that can often be difficult with persons a lot of persons find themselves feeling like they're swimming in a very large ocean and not quite sure where to start that differentiation i know for myself it started really with um research and collaboration and mentoring those sort of things speaking to very wise people in addition to yourself so what would you say to someone who is trying to find their sort of niche in order to differentiate? How do, how do you go about doing that? I think that one of the foundational elements of developing your own niche is to have a mastery of something that you are passionate about. So for instance, mm-hmm. I was and still am passionate about conventional branding uh, to the point where you saw the weaknesses of building a brand based on advertising, marketing, social media, PR. So I love branding so much that I saw there's this huge vacuum that wasn't being attended to. Mm -hmm. 
And I was like, well, why can't we fill this vacuum um, in the market? But, and that's how we developed the branding equation, which is yeah. branding, P-R-A-N-D-I-N-G, plus H-R equals branding, P-H-R-A-N-D-I-N-G. Yeah. We would not have been able to develop that brand new framework unless we understood conventional branding to the point where we realized that there's a vacuum in the market. Mm. Similarly, I don't think you would be able to, to come up with the gig HR concept unless you were so steeped in HR that you realized this is a trend that's going to be important moving forward. And you also talked earlier about uh, you know, swimming this large ocean. Uh, a great concept or a book for you to read, for anybody to read, is called Blue Ocean Strategy. And the mm -hmm. follow-up book is Blue Ocean Shift. I don't know if you're familiar with that um, framework, but the authors have proposed that there are two oceans. Uh, the first ocean is red because it's filled with competitors. Yeah. Um, you know, it's filled with the blood of competitors because everyone's trying to fight for the same, um, the same market. Yeah. But the authors say there's also a second ocean called the blue ocean, which is it's blue because there's no blood in the water because you are a category of one. There's, you're not fighting against the competition. Yeah. So it was interesting that you talked about Stand Out, and that's my first book to recommend, Stand Out with Dory Clark. And you talked about the oceans, and the second book I was going to recommend was actually Blue Ocean Strategy and Blue Ocean Shift. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. You're reading my mind. It's like this tingling. We got a spidey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Great minds, I like to think. Yes. That's really good. Um, can you think of some examples of some brands that you really see as um, that's really sort of perfected? that messaging or actually I'll take it to the, the micro level, not just big brands, but can you think of some individuals? Uh, I know you use um, the example of the BDHR framework. Thank you for that, by the way. But can you think right. of like some other individuals who really stand out in the way they brand themselves personally and what you've learned from them? Are okay. we, are uh, yeah. So for me, I, I tend to be, I get a lot of inspiration mm -hmm. from uh, books, videos, listening to people's experience. Yeah. And I wanted to just point out something on a macro scale first before I possibly drill down. Yeah. If you take a look at standing out, if you take a look at Gary Vee, mm -hmm. who is uh, a very big name in entrepreneurial circles, he has his own way of talking to people, a lot of colorful language. Uh, Sir Richard Branson also uh, helps entrepreneurs think and develop their brands, but they do so in, in different ways. Mm -hmm. If Sir Richard Branson was supposed to now take on Gary Vee's personality and start using colorful language, people would say, what's going on? And similarly, if Gary Vee started toning down his language, people would say, what's wrong with you? Something's wrong. Um, I bring that up to say that on an individual level, you really have to uh, focus on just doing you whether doing you means being adventurous and doing crazy stunts like Richard Branson has done his entire life or being like Gary Vee and just busting a cuss word. If that's you, that's you. You know what I mean? I don't think he's lost any uh, yeah. moment in the market because he's being him. Um, another person that you can look at in terms of distinctiveness is Dave Chappelle. Mm. Now, Dave Chappelle, in my opinion, is one of the most brilliant comedians on the planet. And there's no one that does it the way that he does it. He integrates social issues, political yeah. issues. Yeah. He's a great storyteller. Absolutely. And I've heard other comedians talk about Dave Chappelle. And one comedian said, there's, there's, there's us, in terms of comedians, and then there's Dave Chappelle up there, like, yeah. on top of everything. And, you know, 
Dave Chappelle had to take a walk away from his uh, his organization, his brand two years ago. He was off the scene uh, for a long time. And then all of a sudden he came back, uh, in my opinion, um, very, very distinctive in his, in his delivery. Yeah. So I just point out um, that it, it's in terms of your personal brand from a wide range, you can get inspiration from a wide range of individuals. If you take a look at Sarah Blakely, one of my favorite entrepreneurs, uh, I love her and her, what she stands for because of her approach to failure. So when she was a kid, when she came home from school, her dad would ask her, Sarah, what have you failed at today? And if she said, well, I tried out for the cheerleading team and I failed, she'd get a high five from her dad. Mm-hmm. But if a week passed and she hadn't failed at anything, her dad would actually disappointed because he knew that if you're not failing at something, you're not trying enough big things. And that's what led her to become a self-made billionaire. Wow. So, yeah, so I'm trying to just say, look, in terms of, inspiration it's it's not only about a particular uh model uh it's about seeing how other people build their own personal brand sometimes by accident mm. you know but by being distinctive uh i i uh i just finished writing my first book mm-hmm. and it is coming out in a few weeks it's called tight oh, shoelaces oh, and it is full of great examples of how people can tighten their shoelaces and build a stronger brand. Yeah. But it's also full of corny puns. <laughs> and it's naturally, you know. <laughs> yeah. And I'm I'm kind of non-apologetic about it. You know, that's that's simply um my way of communicating. So I, I gave someone an advanced copy of the book and they said you need to put in the acknowledgments or an introduction a little warning to people to expect the most uh, corny puns you can ever come across. And that's, you know, yeah. it's perfectly fine. <laughs> yeah. And I so, think you do that as well. Mm-hmm. People start to look for them as well as they go along, which keeps them engaged. And you're right, mm-hmm. it really does make you, it, it brands you in that way, not only for your expertise, but this is what yeah. makes raw and different. And I've had a sneak peek at your book as well, and it is brilliant. So I'm looking forward oh, thank you. to seeing it on the shelves. I really appreciate that. Or in the digital spaces. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, I think a couple of things to want to point out in terms of building your brand. I think one of one of the biggest challenges I find is that people have a fear of failure. Yeah. And they don't want to start anything because starting something means that you have the possibility of failing. If it stays in your head and it's just this idea, people, well, they feel safe not starting it because it means that they haven't failed. But you, you have to go there. You have to fail. So... Uh, a few years ago, I was in the British Virgin Islands and <laughs> I was doing a business trip and my colleague and I went over to an island called Virgin Garda. Uh, it's a beautiful place yeah, called yeah. the Baths. You mean there? Yeah, it is Stunning. fantastic. Um, so for those of you who may not know, Virgin Garda is, a, is an island off of, Tart- Tart- off of Tartola. Uh, there are these huge uh, boulders there are these really interesting caves. There's like waist-high crystal water. And, you know, I was, I was enjoying the expedition with my colleague. And we finally got to the end of the caves. And there's a sign saying exit. And it pointed to the right side. But there were hundreds of people there that day, I guess from cruise ships and airlines. And the cavern was so small that you had to wait for 15 minutes for your turn because people could only go through single file. So after about two or three minutes, you know, I don't have much patience. I looked on the left and there was this cavern 
that no one was going through. So I told my colleague, let's call her Jane. I said, Jane, let's go explore this over here. She said, Ron, please just let's, let's, let's not do this this time because I'm known for wandering off on my own. I said, come on. She said, no, I'm not going. I'm staying here. <laughs> I said, well, you're lost. I walked off in the cavern and it was the most beautiful scene within that context. And I'm walking now and I am stepping carefully, but I make a little mistake. I, I stunt my toe. I didn't think much about it. Went back, uh, finished exploring it. I told Jane, you know, you really miss this beautiful sight. And after two or three minutes, I said, Jane, I am. Um, I raced up my toe really hard because this is hurting like hell. So we finally get to like uh, waters a little bit more shallow. I looked up my left foot and my pinky toe is jutting out at a 45 degree angle. Yes. And you know, I don't know if you've ever seen in the movies where people like pop their arm back in place. And, oh, just so, stop it now. <laughs> so I'm trying to pop my toe back in place and it's popping out. Long, long, the long and short story is that I broke my toe because I was exploring someplace off the beaten track, you know? Mm -hmm. And Jane didn't waste any time in describing in detail how I broke my toe in our company WhatsApp group. So within <laughs> 20 seconds of getting back to Wi-Fi, I had like people just saying, are you okay? You know, some of them had empathy. Some of them had no empathy for me because they don't. They know I tend to walk off my own. Oh, do and <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so after that, you know, I got a, some good, some good nature driven. I was a little bit embarrassing, but you know what? Mm. If you had asked me beforehand, I, I said, if you told me if you go down in this cavern, you're gonna break your toe, I would not have gone. Mm. Right? Yeah. But. Having gone and having broken my toe, I don't feel any regret from going because I got to see a place that other people hadn't seen. And it every day broke my toe. It's not like it broke my leg or my life or anything like that. Mm -hmm. um, but in the theater industry, people always say, hey, go break a leg. Mm -hmm. When they say break a leg, they do mean that, meaning go up there and, and, and have a great time or, or do your best. So I would encourage entrepreneurs as where does this sound to go up there and break a toe? Yes. You know, go out there and try things. You are going to fail. You are going to fail in terms of your personal brand, but don't let the fear of a broken toe stop you from exploring a beautiful place and having these great experiences that you would not have if you had stayed put. Yeah, and it really is a process as well. It's a process of experimentation. As you said, trying new things and experimenting. Maybe you try to carve your own brand. You find maybe it doesn't resonate. So now you yeah. have information and feedback that you can go back now and think okay what is it that is not appealing what is it that is appealing and how do I right. start to shift my brand so it's almost yeah. I remember I had um, I wrote a paper once and it was in a workshop and I got very heavy criticism on it and I was like mm -hmm. oh well it's good to know that it was trashed before I presented it that's why I said right right um, to the feedback the person's giving the feedback and they said no 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 they said they can actually, and these were experts that I really look up to, international experts. Right. And they said, Rochelle, we can cover our walls with the letters, all the rejection letters we've gotten over our careers. And they right. said they've gotten to the point uh, that they see them as prototypes. So when you write your first draft or you try your first thing, see that as right. prototype one. You get right. that, you try it, you learn. Then you develop prototype two more feedback maybe it's still rejected but you have additional comments it's less 
less criticism. And through that, you finally get to what you what becomes your niche or what becomes your final brand. So I think that is is so important. What you're saying, just putting yourself out there, having that courage to just try and hone your brand and be willing to let it evolve as well. Yeah, you know, there's a great quote that says, you know, if you if you can't look back at your first attempt uh, with embarrassment, you've waited too long to bring it to market. Yeah. You know, you, you, at some point, like I look back, I, I love writing, but I look back at some of the pieces I've done two years ago yeah. and I was like, what? I wrote this crap. <laughs> you know, I was, I was, I was really impressed and passionate about it when I wrote it, but I'm like, this yeah. is not good. And the other thing though, is that you're going to have to get accustomed. Uh, your, your story is brilliant because you have to get accustomed to uh, people criticizing you. So I remember yeah. I put out an article about two or three years ago on LinkedIn. I was really happy about it. It was about branded professionals. And this guy, I'm, I'm going to quote him word for word. Under the article that I was so proud of, this guy wrote um, that so-called branding agencies or experts are basically advertising agencies in sheep's clothing that are trying to get their sticky little paws on more of the corporate spend. <laughs> wow. He felt I, about it. Yeah, I was in shock because um, I never expected you know, that kind of, of yeah. backlash, but you have to get accustomed to it. Another article that I wrote while building my brand, mm-hmm. uh, it was about how you shouldn't rely exclusively on advertising to build your brand. Mm-hmm. And an advertising professional from another Caribbean island wrote me and said, how dare you try to eviscerate the advertising industry? Wow. I was like, I'm not trying to, uh, to eviscerate anything. We do advertising as well, but the truth is, our philosophy is that you can't use advertising alone to build your brand. So you have to get accustomed. As you put new ideas out there, people are going to disagree with you. That's perfectly fine. Yeah, that is that is very true. I think I've heard a lot of sayings around the importance of um, letting your voice be heard. And one of the things I often admired, because it was something when I first started business that I feared myself of being criticized. Right. And um, I remember one, someone said to me once, you know what? Uh, one, the criticism is valuable to you. But at the end of the day, if you let criticism stop you from doing anything, then that is a great loss because look around you, no one ever built a monument to a critic. I was like, oh, yeah. hmm. <laughs> interesting. I always thought that was really interesting. And I remember yeah. when I first started to get, put myself more in the public space, um, I was yeah. actually talking about remote working pre-COVID um, within the Caribbean context, I got the feedback on a popular radio show that... Um, this will never work in the Caribbean and I'm out of touch with the Caribbean context. And my sister heard it and she was quite outraged by it. And she said, would you believe this and this? And I said, who said that? And she said, this person. And I said, what? They criticize me? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's amazing. I've made yep. it. <laughs> yep. So yeah, yep. it really depends sometimes on, I think once you accept from the very beginning that that's going to be a part of it that's going to be a part of putting yourself up there and building your brand yeah then the journey becomes easier yeah sometimes the, the more criticism you have the more you're able to kind of refine your yeah. framework or your your thoughts um yeah. you were asking about you know having what advice would give people who are trying to build their brand online or otherwise curiosity Curiosity is a huge asset. If you are curious about life and curious about things around you, um, you're probably going to get to a stage where you can differentiate yourself faster than if you're simply not curious. You know, you have to be looking under things. You have to try different things. You have 
you have to learn from your mistakes. You know, you have to find ways to differentiate yourself. And sometimes the way you differentiate yourself may be, may be silly. You know, you don't always have to be, uh, you know, this kind of starched person where, you know, as you said in your, your examples with your interviews, I started getting callbacks after you let your personality shine. So yeah. for me, I always, when I'm doing a workshop, I always walk around with this, uh, which is a Star's Hammer Mjolnir. And I cut around for two reasons. Hammer that everyone keeps in their Yeah, place. exactly. <laughs> so um, I cut around for two reasons. The first is that the branding equation framework is meant to destroy your silos between marketing and HR. So I carry this around to say this is how we're going to dismantle it. Um, and I also cut around because only people who are worthy can lift Thor's hammer. So during my workshops, I tend to pass it around. I let HR professionals hold it. I take pictures. And it's become like a little bit of a talking point. Now people are out, go out and they see me and they're like, where's, where's Thor's hammer? Yeah. Uh, I've carried this to me. I've carried this with me to uh, USA, Mexico, as far away as Malaysia. And, you know, I, well, I take I pictures with it. I am terribly offended. Yeah. We have had lunch before and you did not bring your hammer. Clearly I'm not worthy. I, we were going to rectify this. Oh, oh boy. No, we're we're, we're going to have to rectify this. Yeah. Yes, please do. <laughs> but, but yeah, so I mean, for me, it is something fun like that because like I said earlier, um, I tend to, yeah, I, I tend to be a little bit dry sometimes in my presentation. So having this instantly kind of makes me more of an interesting person, at least like you're going to ask, like, what's up with Tamar? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I didn't speak much about the experience uh, going overseas, though. Uh, so, of course, I, I was born in Barbados. I spent some time in Trinidad. And what I've realized is that if you have a good idea, the world is a lot smaller than it used to be yeah. um, with the internet, uh, with social media. And for some person coming from a small island like Barbados to be invited to Mexico, uh, yeah. to be invited to Malaysia, to be invited to the U.S., uh, it does show that in today's world, you don't necessarily have to be from a specific country um, to be taken seriously. Uh, it, yeah. it really doesn't matter. Like, what, yeah. if you have a great idea, you're into push it. You will get, you will get noticed. That's it. I think one of the other important things about building your um, personal brand as well is consistency. Making sure that the message yes. that you're putting out there is is um, yes in line with what you've put out there before. And I mean, your message can shift, but in terms of the regularity, let's say, for example, how often you're putting content, uh, what people come to yeah. you and so forth. I think that's also pretty important. So consistency is important, but also clarity is important. Yeah. So I remember when you first started uh, the business, uh, we got invited to a business networking event. Yeah. And someone came over and invited and introduced me to a potential client. And a potential client asked the most obvious question, you know what's going to happen. Um, what is it you do? And I was ready for this question. I was like, oh, we do our reports, we do logos, we do social media, we do advertising campaigns, we do marketing, we do brochures, we do... And after about five seconds, I could have said, Baba, black sheep, have you any will? And he <laughs> wouldn't have noticed because he had already tuned out. Yeah. Because the truth is, no one cares what you do. They care what you can do for them. Yeah. You need to be very clear about what you're doing for people. Yeah. And we changed what we call our benefit statement. And if anyone asks us now, but what do you do? We simply say we help companies build stronger brands and stronger businesses. Yeah. And then they go, oh, what? No, I, I definitely want to hear about that because I want a stronger brand. How do you yeah. do it? And then that's an implication to say, to explain how you do something. But yeah. people aren't looking for a laundry list of items you do. 
They want to hear in plain terms, in very clear terms, what makes you different. How you so when, yeah. yeah. So if when we get invited to do any um, pitches for jobs or, or to send in our portfolio, and people ask, well, what makes Blueprint different? Our answer is very, very clear. You know, we help build brands from starting from the inside out because your brand is built from the inside out. And yeah. we do have a track record of uh, this philosophy with our clients. Yeah. Um, but bottom line is, I think for me, in terms of building your online brand, you have to do you, right? Yeah. Don't do someone else. You have to do you. Yeah. And then you have to be confident in your own skin doing you and not necessarily copying um, the style of someone else, you know? And with that confidence, you get more clarity. With that clarity, it feeds back into your confidence loop, you know? Um, but the other thing I would say is in terms of building your personal brand and standing out, if you've ever read any of Jim Collins' books, uh, Great by Choice, um, he talks about the hedgehog concept. Mm-hmm. And anyone listening to this podcast, just Google hedgehog concept and you'll come across it. But it's basically three interlocking circles. Um, and if I remember correctly, the three interlocking circles are uh, what you're passionate about, yeah. um, what you can uh, excel at, and uh, what, you, what drives your economic engine. Uh, I'm just paraphrasing um, because there are some people that say I'm going to be, I could say to myself, Hey, I'm, I'm going to be next um, bolt from Jamaica, yeah. but I'm not built for it. Right. Yeah. Uh, I can't, I can't make money off of it. I'm really passionate about it. So the question is, how do you find that sweet spot in the middle? And it's kind of difficult to explain when you're on a podcast, but if you are listening to this podcast, just Google hedgehog concept Jim Collins and read about it. And that should put you on a really good path in terms of what is it I can do that fills those three interlocking circles. Yeah. Brilliant. Wow. I need to check this out. I've heard of something similar, but I don't, I haven't seen the, the Jim Collins version, but I've seen the uh, a Venn diagram of what you're good yeah. at, what you enjoy doing and your experiences. It sounds very familiar, but I'm definitely yeah. checking that out. For the oh, check, check it out. I would say yeah. that for anyone who is thinking about, differentiating themselves start with that hedgehog concept yeah because if you are if you are doing if you're pursuing something that you are passionate about we are not good at yeah um your chances of standing out and being successful are very very limited you know what i mean so passion is one end of it but the question is can you do this better than anyone else in the whole world or anyone else in your industry because if you're passionate about it but you're crappy at it you're not going to stand out yeah, and it shows, uh, if you're, it shows when you're yeah. not passionate about it. It shows when you're just oh, for sure. emotions. Yeah. Yeah. So I totally agree. Sure. Well, we have come to the end of our episode, Ron. So thank you so much. You have shared a lot with us. Um, I'm always grateful for our experts that come on because you give our audience so much to think about and you really give practical steps as, where, as to where we can actually get started. So thank you for sharing that with us. And tell us your Thank you for that. Tell us about your, before you go, tell us about your uh-huh. travel story. Because I know you've been around the world pre-COVID. <laughs> I know you, <laughs> yeah. were, um, you were well. quite a bit. So there's a funny travel story that I have. I can, I, it's funny now, but it wasn't funny then. Oh, uh, I was in, I went to do a workshop in Orlando uh, yeah. and a workshop in Miami. Yeah. So I went to Orlando first. I did what I had to do in Orlando 
uh, made the presentations and I'm flying back now to Miami to do a workshop the next day. And I get to the airport on time, I'm checking in and they tell me, oh, well, your flight is canceled because of bad weather. And I'm supposed to be in Miami the next morning, nine o'clock to give a workshop. Yeah. And I was like in shock. Uh, I tried to switch airlines, didn't work. So eventually had to call an Uber yeah. to drive me from Orlando to Miami. And every oh. Uber driver that came, yeah. I went told them where I was going and said, I'm not, I'm not carrying you there at this time of night. Because apparently what happens is that the app doesn't show you at so the Uber drivers exactly where. They just say yeah. like two plus hours. Yeah. And after about three Uber drivers showing up and saying, um, I'm not carrying you to Miami. Yeah. And I asked why. This, this guy said, here's, here's the reason. Because yeah. the trip is so long and there's no guarantee you're going to get a paying trip back from Miami to Orlando yeah. that no one's going to carry you there. So I said, all right, no problem. The next Uber that came, he asked me, where are you going? I didn't say anything. I put all my bags <laughs> in. I closed the door and I said, I'm going to Miami. He said, I'm not carrying you there. I said, you're going to have to carry because I'm not getting into this car. I have to be in Miami by a certain time. So we had this back and forth for five minutes with him insisting he's not carrying me to Miami. I had to pull out like 100 or 200 US dollars and say, just, just carry me. Yeah. Um, and those are some of the the uh, real life experiences you have when you're doing remote working, um, travel, traveling uh, trips and, and airlines that are changing yeah. schedules, things that you can't predict. I can laugh at it now, but believe me, I wasn't laughing at it. Badly. Yeah, I remember trying to submit proposals from airports, teaching a class from an airport <laughs> because mm-hmm. things just went terribly wrong. So you're mm-hmm. absolutely right. You're, you're very lucky to took you. I'm glad that you got there in the end. It does sound familiar. I think I think I spoke to you like the day before it happened or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it was it was here yeah. wire. That's crazy. Well, thanks for joining us, Ron, and thanks for sharing again. And thank you again for our audience who constantly joins us. Um, this is before been- yeah, before you close yeah. up. Yeah, sure. What I want what I want to say is thank yeah. you oh, thank for putting <laughs> on this podcast and this series uh, because. The world is changing very, very rapidly. Yeah. Uh, what you're doing in terms of remote working and interviewing people that can add to the framework is brilliant. So okay. on behalf of your listeners, I just wanted to thank you <laughs> for putting this hard work. Yeah. Thank you so much, Ron. It is a labor of love. Let's put it that way. <laughs> right. All right. So this has been episode 15 of Remotely Speaking. It is the final episode, final individual episode of season one and we're going to end season one with next week's panel expert panel discussion which ron hopefully will be joining us on again along with some additional experts so thank you for listening and thank you for joining again joining again and this has been another episode of remotely speaking up take care bye i hope you enjoyed our podcast series To find out more, follow us at Remotely Speaking Up on Instagram or go to www.crowdpotential.co.uk for our services. Until next time.